Katie, Claudia, and Ashley here with the All Tapped In Podcast, where we dive deep, laugh our asses off, and bring to you game-changing, science-backed practices and tools for upping your life in every area. In addition to sharing insight and wisdom garnered from our own life experiences, we interview guests who break the mold when it comes to defining success, spirituality, fulfillment, and really revealing secrets on how to get better and better as we age. Welcome to All Tapped In. Let's get to it. I'd like to formally introduce Lauren Berlingeri. She is my sister and this woman is a powerhouse, let me tell you. She continues to reinvent herself. Starting her career as an international model, she went on to star in her own show, Women vs. Workout. She is now the co-founder and co-CEO of Higher Dose Spa, focused on next-level health and getting high naturally. On top of all this, she is a mom to twins, Luca and Sienna. I couldn't be any more proud. So thanks for doing this. We know that it takes a lot to like really coordinate. Yes. I just didn't know if we were going to have wine or not. I was like, if those bitches are drinking wine. I, I actually poured a beer. I knew it. Go get a glass. hundred percent. I don't even think I have a glass. Should I go get a glass? Yeah. Are you guys, do you guys have two minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm, 100%. Yo, I'm not drinking, but uh, that sucks. No, I'm good. I'm hungover from last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just drink tea too as well, because I don't even think I have something that I would enjoy anyway. So I'll just pretend. tequila. Tequila? Oh my God. In the middle of the day. Okay, fine. I'll get a drink. Fuck it. I'll be uh, right back. Okay. You got a okay. glass? I have mezcal, which I haven't had like mezcal in forever. I can't remember the last time I had mezcal. Amazing. It would be like my go-to. And then I don't know. I was afraid of hard liquor. You know, Claudia, I feel like Claudia's proximity brings out the mezcal. <laughs> Never around Katie though. Will I ever drink mezcal again? We're not right. Oh, right. That was the hot tub incident. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's the last time you drank mezcal. I can't drink tequila. Like I, I can, I'll ruin my life and several other lives in the span of a couple of hours. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Well, we enjoyed the stories. So let's dive into higher dose because like higher dose is so successful. It's really unusual for a business to scale that quickly and be as successful as you guys are. So can you give us a little info on how you guys got that way or some tools that you used or some challenges you've had along the way? Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that really served us is living in New York City as you all experience coming to the land of opportunities, things just happen there. We all come there to make our dreams come true, which it really lends to. I don't think I could have done what I've done in Hamilton, Ontario, I have to say, or even Canada for that matter. Um, you know, just America has a very different like outlook on supporting entrepreneurs and making their dreams come true. It's not like I went to this crazy school where I learned business and I had all these degrees, which usually would have been an immediate shutdown for raising money. The fact of the matter is, is I'm just a nutritionist, a TV host, and a model. Like usually those kind of things wouldn't really contribute to like allowing you to raise money and have a successful business. So I would say first and foremost, my location and where I'm at and, and we're trendsetters in New York. Like we're the ones that get to push all the boundaries and really test things out and see if they work. And if they do, then it's going to be really great across the rest of the world too, as well. Um, also I have a lot of experience in just, you know, traveling when I was really young, I left home at 16, started flying to Europe and all around the world to model. And that kind of like builds your, your confidence. Um, and I, in my opinion is some of the best school is traveling and needing to reinvent yourself in every country that you go to. And I, I, I was an entrepreneur, even when I was modeling, I'm my own product and I had to show up to all those castings and and you know, really take myself seriously. So I feel like I got like a little itch for being an entrepreneur just from my modeling career. And then I always say that like Navy SEAL training definitely like hit it home on that like drive. Because once I did Navy SEAL training, which I'm kind of like jumping into my woman versus workout days, you know, training with the Navy SEALs was just epic. It really like taught me that if you really wanna accomplish something, you just need to drive 
don't feel the pain, keep moving forward, be persistent and get shit done. Um, and I've definitely taken that mentality into my business and being an entrepreneur and just like full steam ahead, like nothing's going to stop me. Um, can I interrupt you for a second? I feel like you were born that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe she needed like, those qualities. Going back to our childhood, like she was born, she came out of the womb like that, like <laughs> from a young age. So I was going to comment on that. Like that stands out to me and that, you know, I met you before a woman versus workout. And that is part of your personality trait is that you're gritty and you're persistent. And you, the thing about you is that you always find a way. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You're like, no, we're going to do this. No, we're going to, you pivot, you find a way, like you make it happen no matter what is going on. And that's what I admire about you. Like no bullshit, bullshit. And it's extreme ownership. If you know that term, there's a book called extreme ownership. And it's all about taking full responsibility for not only everything going on in your own life, but if you're the owner of a business, everything that's going on below you with your employees, you know, with your customers, your clients, and how they relate to the business, you, you're not finger pointing ever, and you're never victimizing yourself, you're taking full ownership for all of it. And whether that means you've got to get different people in place, or communicate with them differently, or lead differently, or nurture them in different ways, it's on you as the owner and the CEO. And I think, Lauren, whether you already know about that idea, or you just naturally embody it, you know? Uh, it definitely took me a few years to figure it out. I would definitely say I'm a very different leader than I was three, four years ago. Um, three, four years ago, I was so passionate and so direct that I used to kind of offend people. Actually, I, for- I would forget to say hello, good morning before I would get something. <laughs> them. So I've definitely had to adjust myself um, over the years. And it was the, the desire to want to grow and learn um, as a leader. I think that was really my driver. And and I am a sensitive person. So if I did get feedback that I was like offensive or people don't like working with me, I took it personally. And it was like, I needed to know right then and there what I did wrong. So I didn't do it again. Um, so I, I definitely say I'm a very bold person while I, I will go out and try to do something, even though I have no clue how to do it, but I'm definitely a very evolved open person where I want as much feedback as I possibly can, because I want to be the best of what I'm doing. And I'm honest to myself that I'm, you know, not the expert and I'm, I am learning and growing. And I, I was always very vulnerable to my staff and the people I was leading that I'm new at this. Like I didn't go to Harvard business school. I haven't had successful exits with other businesses before, you know, I have some crazy life skills that you can't teach in school, but there was still a lot for me to learn. Um, so I think it was just a mix of that. I'm, I'm a very different person. Than I was six years ago when it comes to leading. It's all about the process. It, yeah. I feel like- I feel like Katie, Claudia and I with um, over 30 and tapped in, it's kind of like our, our motto, right girls? It's, it's like the feedback, the growth, the journey, tapping into different areas so that you can be the best version of yourself. So pivot. when you have to pivot, just pivot and keep going. And yeah. 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 And rec- and never pretending like we know everything, you know, the, the people that have worked for me or that I've worked for that were the most stunted, and I don't think any of them have ever achieved great success, were the people that always acted like they already knew everything. Yeah, that, that drives me crazy. You know, they weren't interested in learning, you know, continuing to learn. They, they wouldn't ask questions. They would never say, wow, that's interesting. I don't know about that. Tell me more. And so it's, it's really amazing and unusual that you approach running your business that way and approach life that way. And it makes life more interesting. Too. Yeah. And you know what? I'm like uber confident, uh, confident in other areas, like my nutrition, health and wellness, developing products, building a brand, you know, just my network in itself. Like I had a lot to bring to the table in terms of business, but I had a shit ton to learn. I, I knew that when I was starting higher dose, so I knew I needed a business partner and I knew I needed a business partner that could do everything that I couldn't do. I couldn't put together like spreadsheets and PLs and like talk about top line and all of that raising money I knew I would have been laughed out of the room if I didn't have like someone that would really be able to balance me as a, a co-founder and co-CEO so I, I also knew I needed to get a business partner which I think was also really huge um, most people want to do it by themselves and most people feel like they work better by themselves 
Um, and, and taking on a business partner is actually very scary because, you know, I think it's something like 50% of partnerships don't end up working out, but I, I just knew that was going to be a big part of my success and I needed someone I wanted to learn from. So. Do you find that because you guys really were clear on your individual roles, that's one of the things that's made the partnership work? Actually, that's a very uh, interesting question because yes, initially, but then there was uh, the middle section of our partnership that really got a little blurred when I think it was my business partner was more interested in doing the fun stuff is what she called it. Um, and I couldn't do what she could do. This girl is like, my business partner, Katie, is so fast on the, the computer spreadsheets. Like, I don't know how to do Excel. You know, I, I can read Excel right now, but I still, to this day, really can't put together an Excel spreadsheet. So it's kind of crazy. And, and it does sound like the stuff that I'm doing is fun, but there, it does come with a, a lot of knowledge and a lot of expertise and a lot of background, and a lot of experience. And it's, it, even though it seems easy, it's not easy. It's, it's even the same as modeling. Like modeling looks easy until you're in front of the camera trying to do it. You know what I mean? It still takes experience and, and knowledge of what looks good. This is that. Um, so oddly hard, we've tried to do photo shoots together and we're exhausted by the end. <laughs> right? When you brought up um, model woman versus workout, I just want to tell everyone that my whole kid's childhood, when they were eating, they watched, I put on clips of woman versus workout. Like every time they were eating a meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, Woman versus workout was done like the BM. I still remember the episodes like there was the BMX episode, which Oscar loved. And now he has a BMX. You know, there was the skiing, ex you know, the, remember when you were doing the like the ramp where I did a backflip in the balls? The yeah. Ramp. I Honestly, mean, it was like the, I would say a highlight of my life was shooting women versus workout. And it's such a shame that that show didn't take off and do more. Um, because I think it was like such a positive, like role model for young kids to like see someone that, you know, wasn't an expert in any of the things that I was trying to do. And I just had the right positive attitude and I would just go out there and you would see me having so much fun. I was, every time they'd be eating, I'd be like, look at, look at Lauren, look how rad she is. She doesn't know how she, she doesn't know what she's doing. It was like life lessons every time she has no clue how to do this, but she's going like, you know, full in bold. And she's going to attack it, guys. That's how you got to be. And they've been and like, you were a woman too, right? Like in most of the sports you were doing, like the Navy SEALs, you were with men majority of the time with everything you did. The, yeah. DM, the BMX, you know, the Navy SEALs. It was you. Car driving, motocross. A firefighter. Remember you did the firefighter thing? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. My dad thought it was loved like. that episode. He loved it. My dad's a firefighter, so when he saw that video and it was funny cause that firefighter video was actually what made it go viral is because the firefighters have such a strong community and they just love the video so much that they kept sharing it all across Facebook. And then it just went viral. And that was another really cool thing about the show is that there was no press around it. I didn't do one interview. It was really weird because it was produced by Rodell and they own women's health and men's health magazine, but they did nothing to push it. You know, it was kind of like back in the day when like no one really knew the powers of YouTube and they just kind of put the show up there and they didn't really know what to do with it. They were probably just too busy. Right. But the cool thing is, is that it resonated with so many different people and they were so inspired by it that people kept just sharing it. And it quickly grossed over 15 million views. And I also got nominated for a Webby Award for my like first hosting gig. Um, and I think it was mainly because of that, because it was just like such a cool thing to see this like model trying to like tackle these like hardcore challenges that are usually male dominated and yeah. like watch me succeed or fail and laugh at it. You weren't Chrissy about it and you weren't a diva at all. It no, never is. my husband never still is. is impressed that I learned um, how to wakeboard and do a 360 on a ramp yeah. in one day. Um, yeah. And I, I honestly don't know if I would have been that successful if there wasn't a camera watching. <laughs> Because I think there, when it, because I knew there was people watching, I was like, I had to get it done. And that just like, kind of yeah. tells you more about my personality. So, and the so person this, this was pre-kids as well though, right? right? And I feel like, do you now, after being a mom of two, do you think you'd be different <laughs> going into it now? Like, I feel like you've changed a lot from then who you were and now who you are. Oh, yeah. I'm a totally different person. I'm afraid of everything now. Um, <laughs> 
But it's funny because when my dad first found out I was pregnant with twins, he was like, do you think you should do like a woman versus workout of you like delivering the twins? I was like, <laughs> by yeah. the way, we, me and Graham, my husband put the juju of the twins yeah. on her because we didn't want to have that because twins run so strong in our family. And I was like, if anybody's going to have twins, it's you. And we directed that energy to you. And then when she told us that she found out she was having twins, I couldn't help but laugh. Like I just laughed so hard. Everyone just laughed at me. I I was like, you called me crying. Yeah, no, I was hysterical when I first found out because I don't know if you guys remember that I went to my first ultrasound and they only detected one baby. And you know, when, after the ultrasound, I like called my mom and my sister and I was like, eh, one baby, haha, like whatever. (laughs) Like my mom, that's all she wanted to know if I was having two babies or not. So the, the fact that like, I went back the second time and then found out I was having twins and I was like, what, four and a half months in, like quite far along. And my husband was there and then thank God he was there. And then when the doctor (laughs) told me that I was having twins, I was like, no, (laughs) I can't, I have a job. And I like shut down where the, all my blood in my body was not flowing. They couldn't take blood work. I couldn't move. I like froze up. They had to escort me out of the doctor's <laughs> office because I just couldn't operate. I couldn't. Yeah. You were in a panic. How I was going to do this with being an entrepreneur and already being afraid of having one baby, let alone two. First time mom too, right? Like everything is already scary to begin with. Yeah. How long, how long have you had your business when you found out you were pregnant? So it'll be six years in November and then the kids will be two in September. So four years. I, I wanted to make it to five years before I, you know, even thought about having kids, but then, you know, the age thing kind of like creeps up on you. And I honestly thought it was going to take me forever. You know, once I started trying to, to have kids, but I did so much prepping for having kids. I like saw our healer, Marco. I, I did all these like detoxes and cleanses and like really talked about wanting to have kids for six months before we even attempted to try. So I, I guess I was just like really ready for when we did try. So it, it happened immediately. And I was also like, didn't, didn't you and David even get your DNA tested to see what it would be yeah. like? Like, this is you, this is, yeah. this is you like on the level of health and wellness to the max, you know what I mean? Like on top of the latest things before anybody else. And just like, so hyper-focused on it. Yeah. Like, I'm really passionate about this space. And I, I like think that the medical world only covers so much and you really have to take your own wellness into your own hands. And it's kind of crazy that every doctor doesn't know your DNA before they prescribe you medication. It's mind boggling to me, Um, especially when you do do your DNA. Um, You know, I I work with this amazing woman, Angie, who's a gene specialist and a practitioner, but she gave me a seven page write-up on my genes, what I should be eating, what I should, like how my brain chemistry is, how I should be working out when I get pregnant, this might happen. I have, you know, a good chance of getting early Alzheimer's. I need to not do this, but do this. It was like beyond. And the fact that we don't do this as a baseline in wellness for me is just crazy. Especially so too, because there's so many fads too, right? Like with you know, eat more fat, cut out fat, exactly. like do this, only allow yourself this. It's everybody's an individual and so different. And so there's just not that one, you know, everybody can't be put one in that one box, right? So, like- so when you talk about that, I'm really glad, glad you brought that up. When you talk about the DNA and diving deeper into yourself, like specifically, I feel like that's, you know, the best way to approach it. Right. And not many people even know about it. Well, the healthcare system is a business and it shouldn't be a business. Um, Canada is a little different than America, but I had the pleasure of experiencing both. And I think they're both not great. Um, but yeah, here in America, it's like, you really only get good healthcare if you have a lot of money and you get access to great doctors. And some of these doctors are implementing all of this, but most status quo doctor doesn't even begin to do this. Like, even if you think about it, you have five minutes to explain what's going on with you when you should be going through health histories. And there's so much more detail that should be involved and and so many things that should be considered like diet, lifestyle, exercise, your genes, what you've done in the past. So yeah, I do think that there's a lot that needs to be done. And I always think like after higher dose, which, you know, I hope 
that'll be somewhat soon. I hope we get somewhat of a nice exit that, you know, what am I going to do with my career after that? And I, I would love to invest into the healthcare system or maybe even creating a, a charity with uh, tools to help kids when they're growing up to have more things in their life to help them calm their their nerves or you know stress or eat well or do yoga or meditation or whatever it is. But it, it, it I, I definitely feel like whatever I do next is going to speak truly from the heart and only be about giving back and hopefully sharing my knowledge that I've learned over the years of being in the health and wellness industry. Amazing. Talking about transition, can we talk about the transition that you took from modeling into business owner? Because transitions, life transitions are maybe the most difficult thing that people go through. Mm -hmm. And having gone through it with someone, the kid's father, who didn't do it so well, it ended up being his downfall. Um, How did you go through from being a model, attention on you, life is great, all these opportunities. And I mean, you still have them as a business owner, but you moved into a completely different life and a mom. So talk about that transition, how you navigated it successfully. I think that will help others to see how do you do that in maintain integrity? They say that's when your true character comes out. Yeah. I think what was the issue with modeling is that it didn't feed my soul. Um, I actually deep down hated it. I wasn't prepared to deal with the self-criticism and myself as a product. And I wasn't happy, you know, it was funny because I was always expected to be a certain size and have like clear glowing skin and, and all these expectations, but because the expectations were so strong, I always was the opposite. You know, when I was modeling, I was the biggest I ever was. And I, I had crazy acne all over my skin and, And it was because I wasn't in the right field doing what I actually really loved. And I was miserable deep down. And I used to mask that with drinking a lot of alcohol. And like, the thing was, is I was really young, so I could get away with it then. Um, When you get a little bit older, you can't really get away with those things. But um, I just knew deep down that I wasn't cut out to be a model. And I knew that really when I would go to a photo shoot and I was just expected to smile when really I wanted to contribute my thoughts on how the shot should be, or maybe you should do this. And they were like who's this chick? Like we didn't hire her to have an opinion. Right. And I was like known as the model with an edge. And that was my real turning point of like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I would dread going to photo shoots. And I knew I wanted to do something in the wellness industry because even when I was a model, I was always teaching people how to eat and work out. And I always was very passionate about it. My dad was very passionate about it. He passed it down, down, down to us. And then I decided to go to nutrition school. And when I went to nutrition school, every single course that I went to, I absorbed every bit of information and loved it. And that's when I knew that that was where my true passion was. So I started health coaching and I actually started working with models, trying to teach them how to eat, what the diet and lifestyle should look like. And I just really knew that I was in my element then. And that's when I met the founder of Aloha and he took interest in my passion and was like, we need this at Aloha. So he was, he put me in a a very weird position where I also didn't have any experience with product development or the brand ambassador program, but that's what he allowed me to do because my passion was so strong that he knew that he wanted more of that. Whatever you're talking about right now, how high you are, when you're talking about wellness, we need this and we need to turn this into a product energy. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I really believed it, you know? So, um, at that time I really got my taste for being an entrepreneur. Um, most people don't know this, but I ended up dating the founder of Aloha. So I actually had the pleasure to go to a lot of investor meetings and really see how to build a business from nothing. And he was a very successful entrepreneur. So I I spent a year and a half with him every day. And all we did was talk about Aloha. Right. And I would come to life. I had so many ideas. I was in my element. I loved learning and I loved raising money and I loved bringing together communities and I loved developing products. And there was just so many aspects of it that I absolutely loved. So I knew that I wanted to start my own business and I just didn't know what it was in. But when I did first discover the infrared sauna and I first went in it, And I felt for once calm, connected, my skin glowed. I slept like a baby. I knew that it had to do something with this infrared sauna. You know, I've experienced saunas all around the world. I lived in Turkey. I lived in Germany. I lived all through Europe. 
this like sauna culture is huge there, you know, and it wasn't in America. You couldn't find a good sauna if you tried, you know, <laughs> if you went to body really- blitz, what are you talking about? But that's not really different, but it was like, I was more talking about just like a good sauna that was I'm like kidding. At a gym or something like that. Um, so when, and then when I went to go write an article about infrared saunas, I discovered all the benefits and the science. And it was just like, hold on, this is that magic product that we're trying to create in the boardroom. That's detoxifying, gives you good skin, anti-aging, all of those like marketing points that you need to hit when developing a product. And I just knew right then and there that this was what I needed to do. And that was crazy that New York didn't have that either. Right. Like, like you said earlier, it's like the the city of opportunity and they really didn't have it. Yeah. So you saw that and went for it, which and driven by passion. Yeah. Such a niche to fill. Like, uh, yeah, you got in right at the right time. I, I can, I think it was everything, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think wellness in itself has really blown up in the last like few years. People are switching their focus from like fashion and and like unnecessary things that we used to spend our money on to like wellness and taking care of herself and meditation and spirituality, which I think is nothing but amazing. But I just think that wellness is, hasn't even begun to reach its tipping point. Mm-hmm. Totally. So wellness, you just upped your wellness to the next level. And um, you want to talk about that at all? What have I done lately? Oh, what have you done lately? <laughs> Look, how you you're feeling and what... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would consider myself to be somewhat of a female biohacker, even though the whole biohacking space is kind of a turnoff. Um, and I do consider women to have biohacked their whole entire Wait, life. Can I back you up on that? Yeah. Why is it a turnoff? Because it's a male-dominated industry, and most of the male biohackers out there are the ones that are leading the industry, and they're all about performance and measuring this and da 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 da. And it just doesn't resonate with women. We're like. I don't really give a fuck to get like, and, and every night figure out how much I'm sleeping, you know, measuring myself all the time to see if I'm losing it. It's enough to drive you crazy. Like we are the way we feel and our energy that we're giving and how we're like contributing to our relationships. And, and yes, we're also concerned about our skin and feeling good in our body, but it's a much smaller percentage than what males give it credit for. Right. Because it's not all about the analytics or measuring or the data there's a piece to it around energy and how you're feeling and then as a woman you've at some point and I don't know every man is like this but you prioritize how you're feeling over how you're looking or I have anyway hand in hand too right yeah but then the better you feel the better you look so right that's what I mean it goes hand in hand so it's a balance all around I mean, they don't talk like that. So the ones that are leading in the space are, you know, Dave Asprey or, which is like bulletproof coffee. I don't know if you've ever really heard him speak before or oh, yeah. Ben Greenfield. And, you know, like I can name all these men and Luke story and they're, and they're all amazing really. Cause they're shining light on an industry that I feel needs to have more light on it. But I don't really feel like there's many women in this space that have a strong voice. So I think that there's a a big opportunity to talk about it, but I would just talk about female biohacking in a very different way. Like no one's talking about like breath work or, you know, spirituality or like ancient practices like dry brushing and oil pulling and all of these like really amazing things. Um, You know, we are, are. it's very Ayurvedic, right? Like, yeah, the wellness industry is talking about it it's the biohacking space. That's not because they have to take everything to the extreme. It's all like hyperbaric oxygen chambers and like NAD IVs and like cryotherapy and and infrared saunas in there too, but it's all like extreme technologies that not everyone has access to. So I think that there is a more like softer way to approach the industry, which is like what we're trying to do at higher dose. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you said, the skin brushing, the tongue scraping, anyone can afford, you know, to have a brush and a spoon. But I don't like Claudia and I are hardcore devotees of tongue scraping. We can't even believe that anyone out there doesn't do it. It's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning. The oil pulling, not so much. I can't do the oil pulling. Yeah, I love the oil pulling. I'm the opposite. I would, I like oil pulling. You know how many tongue scrapers I've bought as gifts and not in a, in a weird, rude way or any, anything, but just like, I'm like, you don't have a tongue scraper. And all of a sudden, there you go. Yeah. Like 
every guy I've dated has gotten a tongue scraper, not because they, for any other reason that I can't eat, like you said, I can't imagine having- I'm going to make out with you. you yeah, my tongue. Like, <laughs> tongue it just feels so out. good. Plus your oral hygiene is up to like hundred percent, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. If and you want to go scrape right now on film. Your tongue, and there's like a lot of science backing up why it's so important to do. Totally. Um, but that kind of stuff gets skipped over for the extreme. And I, I think that there's a gentler, or softer way to kind of bring this all back and kind of make it like, you know, sexy to like take care of yourself. It's like, sexy. It, it totally is sexy to the self-care when you break it down to the tongue scraping and I do the, the dry brushing as well and the almond oil and all of it and the, the bulletproof coffee. If you compound it all together, it is really sexy. There's nothing sexier than taking well, care of yourself. I, I would love to see Lauren really spearhead that movement. Yeah. Because it does, yeah, it does combine like all of your knowledge and your experience and you're such an articulate speaker. You're such a passionate speaker and you embody the beauty in and out that women aspire to. And so, you know, and I feel the same way about Claudia and Ashley too. It's like, whatever they're speaking about, that's what people are going to want to do because it's like, I want whatever she's got. Thanks, Katie. I really appreciate it. I still feel like there's a lot to learn, but I would love to write a book one day that talks about female biohacks and kind of just has a recipe book for all of these different things that you could do at home that just makes you feel better, that ups your dose, you know? Ups your dose. Up, so, up your dose. That's, that's your new saying. Ups your not No longer get high naturally. It's up your dose. Yeah. Right? We're actually working on a whole rebrand right now, which is pretty exciting um, because we're going to be launching all sorts of products that are in this realm of rituals and taking care of yourself and are very complementary to our devices. But it is, it's, it's all about taking care of yourself and how that's really sexy and more people need to talk about it and get things out there that can immediately just make us feel and look better. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So can we talk boobs? Yeah. <laughs> I love how you just went into that. It's amazing. Yeah. Talk about upgrade. Um, so Claudia's mentioning boobs because um, I just recently had an explant, which is when you take your breast implants out. And it's funny because it kind of always comes for a circle, but the whole reason why I got breast implants in the first place is because I didn't feel like I was enough when I was modeling. I used to be a uh, you know, natural big C somewhat even like in the D and then I got off the birth control pill and my boobs just deflated and I was so embarrassed and I felt like I wasn't sexy anymore and I was only 27 and and to be honest with you I made all my money off of being this like sexy model that could do lingerie and bathing suits what are you gonna so say here can we just back this up a sec and don't forget where you're going with this so here's her older sister She's always had the boobs. I've been flat. Okay. She's had the hips, the boobs, the model. Here I am, the older sister, completely flat. So it's kind of funny how yeah, it turns out, it turns yeah. out fast forward 30 years later. That's all that I really wanted is small perky boobs. But um, but yeah, I, it's funny because I think it was also some shadow work that I needed to do too as well, because I remember my auntie Annie, she used to make jokes when we were younger that when she bent over that her boobs looked like tube socks. And at the age of 27, I would bend over and my boobs looked like tube socks. And I was like, hold on, I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> you know, like my whole career is based on me being this voluptuous bathing suit lingerie model. And now I have nothing. And it was like a split decision overnight. I need to do something about it. I didn't tell anyone, not even my family. And I, I honestly wanted to pretend that I didn't do it, which I actually got away with the fact that most people didn't know I had breast implants. Uh, you're or bringing back a memory that you came home. I just thought of this. I don't know where we were, or I came to New York for my sister's wedding. And I was like, you got your boobs done. And you were like, oh my God. How did you know? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I forgot about that altogether till now. Yeah, I was in such denial because it was so like embarrassing. And um, again, I felt like my whole self-worth was in how sexy I was. Um, and that all went down the drain with my boobs because, you know, boobs are the most sexy thing out there. Or at least that's what I thought. Um, but just to quickly tell you, I had a really bad experience with them. The first time I had them done, they were botched. Like I would go to like move my arm and one would come up this way. The other one would go out this way. So 
I got them redone <laughs> and they still didn't get fixed. And then I got them redone again. And you got them done three times? I thought it was just twice. So I actually can't remember if it's twice or three times. I, think it was just I feel twice. like the third time I blocked it out in my head. Um, but because I was supposed to go back to the doctor that originally did it, and I might have not done that, or I might have done that. I actually so not block that out. It was like a negative thing. Oh yeah, you. I block everything out of my life that you know was trauma. You know, it's actually why I just stopped drinking is because I would forget what happened and block it out, and then I would have so much trauma the next day because I couldn't remember my night. Mm. Anyways, the um, I'm digressing here, but um, <laughs> so anyways, I had a really bad relationship with my implants the whole entire time. They ended up causing so many issues for me. I think they were causing my eyes to yellow, my skin to break out. I had three or four occasions where my breast would swell up and I literally thought I had breast cancer. I had to get a whole you know, MRI done um, because I just didn't know what was wrong with my right breast. And I was embarrassed of them. I did whatever I could to possibly hide them. I was in denial and you know, it was probably two years ago, three years ago. It was like, I had my, my point where I was like, I'm a fraud. You know, I don't tell anyone about my breast implants. They're so unhealthy for you. They don't align with my lifestyle anymore. Like I need them out. And I went to go to the doctor and you know, he pretty much said, have your kids first and then come back to me. And I went back to him three weeks ago. I had them taken out. And it's been an immediate difference. Like the first time I was sleeping, I literally felt like I was in a heart opener. I had a block. I thought I had a block underneath the back, my back. Cause I felt like my, my heart was wide open. Oh. And I remember thinking in my dream, like I just had my boobs done. I can't be in a heart opener. Right. And that was because there was just so much like flowing there. Wow. And I, my skin is like, I'm not even wearing any foundation right now. It's like how I had that red rosacea yellowing of the eyes. And it's kind of crazy. And the reason why I really want to talk about this is because a lot of women have inspired me to uh, do it by talking about breast implant illness. It's a real thing. They make you sick. They have, like, if you looked at the ingredients of what's in breast implants, you would be shocked. Things like formaldehyde and I mean, silicone in itself is just like so bad for you. And I think that your immune system starts to attack them because it's a foreign object. And I have to say that there's only a small percentage of women that get affected by it. Some women don't get affected by it at all. And by all means, you know, enjoy. Um, but if you are having any of the symptoms, you know, where you, your skin, you have foggy brain, anxiety, um, yellowing or redding of the eyes, um, and you have breast implants, I would definitely look into it. There's a lot of organizations on Facebook definitely look into it. And again, the reason why I'm telling you is because I heard so many other women talk about this and it was the best gift that they could have ever given me. So I can't believe that's why your eyes were going yellow. Every single time I saw you, you would say, right. How do my eyes look? Are they yellow? What am I going to do about this? It, it bothered you on the daily for years. And that's what it was. Yeah. Unreal. I just understand. Like I was supposed to be this really healthy person and I did all the tests under the sun. All my organs were fine. I remember doing a detox and like seeing them clear up a little bit and being like, it was that, it was that. And then sure enough, they would become polluted again. And it just continued to grow. I found myself to be less social, more angry, really hard to drink even one glass of alcohol without feeling sick. Cause my liver yes. was overdrive, which Right now I'm having a glass of mezcal Cheers. forever. Cheers, ladies. You know how many liver uh, cleanses you made me do with you? Remember the crystals that you pee out because your eyes were yellow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You remember that? It was fucking it out, but you like a kidney one. It was hell. <laughs> kidney stones or something? Yeah. Kidney stones. And then you- I, we did kitchery. I, I would, I would like, I couldn't handle eating or drinking bad um, because I would just feel so toxic for days afterwards. And it was because my liver was trying to process so much of my breast implants. And I was just pretty much just toxic right. and it builds over years. And most women need to get them out every 10 years anyways, which goes to tell you something you have to be really careful with that. And yeah, mine were silicone, which are super poison, you know? Um, so are you going to show us them or what right now on the screen or no? <laughs> 
Oh my God. We get so many viewers. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm a few sips into the mezcal. So I totally would have, and if I didn't ask the question, um, but it's so cute because you know, like my daughter, I was away for a week and, um, I wanted to explain to her where I was. And even though she's only 18 months and I was just like, mommy was in California. I had a surgery. My boobs aren't there anymore. And I showed her and she would go ah! like that and be freaked out every single time. And now it's a game where I have to show her my boobs like seven, eight times a day. And she freaks out oh and she laughs so hard afterwards because oh I mean, she's like just over a year and a half. So she's so young. She's, so she kind of, she knows what's going on, but not really. Right. So that's just hilarious. Yeah, she does. I mean, she, when we were in the bath together, pre taking my breast implants out, she was like, what are those? They were just so massive. And after breastfeeding, my nipple was like this size and just not attractive, like what whatsoever. So she's kind of always had this thing with my boobs. Yeah. She's going to have PD- PTSD as a teenager. She's going to be, remember yeah. that game we used to play mom where yeah. like, why were you doing that? <laughs> I know. I'm just like, hope she's not in public being obsessed with me showing her my boobs. So. My, my son is who's going to have PTSD because I still shower with him. And he asked me if my vagina bites. <laughs> he goes, Does that thing bite? What do you say? I make a growling noise. I'm like, <laughs> but I think it's so healthy to be naked. I don't yeah. know. We're a naked like- family. We're a naked family. Yeah. I don't know where we like felt the need that like our private parts are private. And I, I'm, I'm trying to have the conversation with my daughter now, like, you know, because we do want to protect them. And I think that's the reason why we're like, don't show anyone your privates. Don't even talk about them. Da, 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 da. But I'm trying to like find that happy medium of like, these are my boobs, yeah. this is my vagina. I don't have a penis. Daddy has a penis. Luke has a penis. And just like, explain things to her. And then when she gets a little bit older, when I actually do leave her alone with, you know, adults, that's when I'm really going to have that conversation with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, though. Take the, the weirdness out of it, you know, and but I, I do want to really commend you for being so transparent and talking extensively about the breast implant thing, because that is really vulnerable. And I've always had I don't have strong opinions about a lot of things. I'm so open minded and I really have never judged other people's paths or choices. But I for the longest time had the strongest negative Thing around breast implants. It used to make me so upset and angry that women would feel that they needed to put these plastic bags of liquid in their body to live, to live up to some sort of societal standard. Meanwhile, I do it in other ways and I've always had like decent breasts. So I don't know what it feels like to feel self-conscious taking my top off in front of someone new. So I kind of softened over the years, but I, overall, it's always made me sad that women felt that they needed that in that order to feel do that in order to feel attractive. I 100% agree. And it was kind of funny because when I was going in to get them removed, I looked at the the um, doctor's office and it said plastic surgeon. And I was like, plastic? Mm. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? Putting something <laughs> foreign, plastic, toxic into my body, you know? And, and that, that's exactly it. Like, what was I thinking? I'm totally going to file that away in a file that is like shit we do when we're young, like, holy crap. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and I don't want to cut down if anyone does want to get them in the future, but I just think that we all need to just stop for a moment and just really gather as much information on what it, it, it is that we actually are doing. And, mm. and coming back to this idea of feeling good, of how good we feel, is what's important. I think we're all in a place in our lives where we do things to feel good and we end up looking our best. Like I exercised for years to try to burn calories and lose weight and I was heavier then. And as soon as I let go of chasing being skinny and I just started exercising for my mental health and mental clarity and like getting out there and that that feeling of breaking a sweat and how good it feels, I'm the most fit I've ever been. And I know you guys identify with you know, Lauren, you look the best you've ever looked. And I haven't worked out in four weeks. It's not to say that I don't work out, but obviously like leading up to the surgery, I didn't want to swell anything. And and post-surgery, I'm not working out. But yeah, you're right. As soon as I stopped thinking and obsessing and judging, and 
I honestly think maybe the, the emotions are actually what is the weight on us than the actual weight itself. Or it makes us hold on to the weight, right? Because it's yeah, like, again, mind, body, they're connected. So, you know, I mean, what you're holding on so to powerful. mentally. Yeah, women are so powerful and we really need to think about what our thoughts are connected to and what we can manifest just with our thoughts. And, and I think that it's really important as women and men to just heal ourselves of these shadows that we grew up with. And these stories that we tell ourselves that aren't true and that make us do things that don't end up making us feel good in the end, you know? Well, I'll speak about breast implants because I have some and I got them with Lauren and Claudia, I do feel, I do feel good that I have them. I'm not at your space yet. I think mine are saline. They are. But after breastfeeding two children and you know, being back in the dating world. That's what I wanted to do for myself for whatever reason at the time. And it's not like I went crazy on the size, like Lauren and I went together actually. And Lauren said, don't go big. It's going to be like when you get your makeup done before a special event and the makeup artist puts like a ton of makeup on your face and you hate it. That's what's going to happen if you get them really big. I was like, oh, Okay. If someone says they like your makeup and you're wearing too much, if someone says, I like your Botox and filler, you have too much. It's right. the same thing with whether you want to hear it or not. That's what I right. like about Lauren, but I went subtle. I was like teardrop. I just want to look like a Parisian model. I just want my boobs <laughs> to be back to normal. Like before pre breastfeeding, right? Yeah. Anyway. And I get that because I, I same with you, Claude, like after three kids and stuff, like, yeah, they don't look so good after. So, I mean, I do get both sides for sure. Right. And I have to say I had a lift, so mine looked better than they've ever looked before. I didn't just get them out and have all this extra skin They're right. nice and, white and they look great. So right. you know, that, that makes a difference for yeah, sure. It does make a difference. Make them look a certain way. I wouldn't just have left them where I didn't feel good about them. So there is that happy medium to really doing something that makes you feel better. And, and you know what, Claudia, I think a lot of my health issues had to do with the fact that I wasn't honest about the breast implants. They didn't make me feel good. My body was rejecting them. Like I was one of those people that suffered from the illness, whereas not everyone does. And if you don't, then they could actually just do amazing things for you. And I didn't already have my kids and I wasn't deflated. I actually already had pretty good boobs and I was just an insecure 27 year old model that felt like my, all my control in my life had to do with how big my boobs were. Right. Mm. That's, that's deep in itself. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I, think, I think a lot of it was just shadow stuff, you know, like it wasn't until like a year ago, did I actually even admit that I had breast implants? I remember the timing of that because we had just been in South Africa, all the girls prior to that. And you were doing a photo shoot in the greens. Remember that photo shoot you did with Jennifer Masso in the, that was like the mean higher dose photo for like three years. Exactly. And your boobs looked amazing. So I was like, what is she talking about? They look so good. That's the crazy thing. I think it could have been because a good group of women around you that keep your feet on the ground and tell you, you know, how things really are and um, hopefully challenge you. You know, I, that's what I love about you guys is when we're all together, everyone's like just challenging each other and not in a way that they want to be right, but in a way that they want you to explain more and make you think about it in a different way and answer, you know, to really make sure you know what you're doing. And I just love that. You guys Absolutely. make me accountable. Yeah. 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 And especially Lauren. Friends, right. Say that again, Kitty. Oh, that's a definition of true girlfriends. Like you laugh till you cry, but you also, it's no bullshit. And you, you call each other out, but in a loving way. And just like you, Lauren, I like how you explained it. Like expl- you say to each other, explain more, explain more about your position on that or why you would do that. Or, you know, nobody wants to just be surrounded with yes people that just nod and smile at you fakely, but then talk about you behind their back, right? Which happens more than I would like to say happens. Um, And and once you do find your group of girls, tribe, I know know you got a lot of shit for that one, Katie, but I am going to say it. When you find your tribe of girls, Hmm. there's nothing that's more important because they're the ones that support you through all those challenging times when people really don't know what you're going through, like being a mother, you know, like being in your first few relationships or doing something stupid 
that you really don't need to get done. Like, which was in my case when I really didn't need to go and get those breast implants. Mm -hmm. uh, Claudia, can you tell the story about when you and Lauren went to get them done in New York? I just find it hilarious how you guys, like when you guys get together, the stories that come out, because it's like, the crazy leading the crazy kind of, you know? Yeah. We Claudia, have a pot. Always up for everything. That's the best thing about Claudia. And so are you. It's like a, a lethal combination, but yeah, there's, we should just have a podcast on some of our stories, but yeah. So we went to New York and we got, we both went for our procedures and then um, Lauren had lined up that Aki was supposed to take care of us once we got back Which to was her hilarious apartment. in itself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wasn't a crazy wild ex-boyfriend of mine um, that is not responsible <laughs> at all. So the fact that I would even ask him to do something like that is crazy. So when we got back to her place after the, which I don't even remember, like you can't even move your arms. So you can't even like lift a drink of water. So we're lying in her double bed. None, neither of us can move. And so she's like, I, I don't know, do you want to watch a series or something? And so I was like, okay, great. So she puts on Black is the new orange. Orange is the new black. Because you were dating someone from that show at the time. You wanted me to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And so the two of us were lying there. We couldn't move. We couldn't do anything. Like couldn't even get water. Aki doesn't show up. So then we were like, See, there you go. Show up. He didn't freaking show up. So we were like, screw it. So we like doubled up on the medication. And, and <laughs> which I don't know what it was, but it was strong. And we were like, let's go for a walk. So we we're walking around New York on the medication, like zombies. Oh my God. And we end up at a secondhand store. We're like, let's go shopping. So we're <laughs> in the door trying on stuff. Like we're dressing each other because none of us, no one can lift their arms up. Oh, I ended oh up God. buying the highest hooker shoes <laughs> ever seen two pairs a black pair and a brown pair with i can't even wear them because the heels are so high okay? oh my god i bought this purple dress actually i still wear the purple dress i bought those chloe sunglasses um and you know after our outing shopping i, I don't remember what you bought but we were like i don't think we were supposed to be doing this back <laughs> yeah the boobs the high heels you're going for that whole vibe I don't know what was going on and then I actually Aki ended up I'm gonna save Aki in this because Aki ended up coming through in the end remember he he came and made us a picnic in Central Park I actually don't I have the worst memory ever which sucks but when you say it now I'm somewhat re remembering but I really do block out things in my life um, and maybe it was the medication because that medication was so freaking strong. It literally has like Oxycontin in it. No, you block out things from our childhood that I have to remind you on all the time. I'm like, you were there while we were growing up, right? I mean, it kind of comes back to me when you start to say it, um, but it's actually hilarious. And Claudia, you're always the best storyteller. So I always love to relive it through, uh, through your stories. I mean, it was fun, <laughs> fun times. <laughs> I couldn't do yoga for like six months. That's what. No. Oh, no. really? That long? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, because you get them below your muscle. So, and and the reason why mine probably didn't work out is because they probably started working out too soon. Right. You got yours above the muscle. I got mine underneath. That was the third time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lauren, can we talk about the sauna blankets? We were talking about the infrared saunas and higher dose, but I feel like you guys did a little bit of a pivot uh, from the sauna spas to the sauna blankets. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I like to say it accelerated us, not that we had to pivot, um, mainly because we were already doing the sauna blankets about a year and a half before COVID hit. And we saw that side of the business grow at 400% versus 25%, which was our business location, our spa location. So we knew before COVID hit that we were gonna start to consolidate our locations and, and double down on the sauna blanket side of the business. Um, seeing as it's very difficult to have locations and product, we knew we kind of needed to choose one or the other. So we already knew that we were gonna double down on the side of the business. 
We love the sauna blankets because the issue with the saunas is that not everyone can afford them. They're super big, they're clunky, even though they're amazing technology and make you feel great, we knew we wanted to bring infrared to the masses, which is why we created the sauna blanket, which is our portable infrared sauna. And it's just as powerful. You get the same benefits. You get that same euphoric feeling afterwards. It's just much easier to own. It's portable. You can put it underneath your bed. It's so much easier. So that was kind of like COVID was in a way a blessing for us. It allowed us to close some of our locations and just keep the busy ones open and allowed us to take all of our resources and double down on the product side of the business. And we already had our infrared pentmet in the pipeline too as well. So we launched that about six months into COVID and we just saw our whole business kind of blow up overnight because everyone's at home. They want things to do. They're definitely investing into health and wellness. And we had those products that made you feel good, that gave you great skin, that helped you sleep at night and boost immunity. And who doesn't want that during a pandemic when we're all locked inside going crazy? Right. Yeah, I'm getting one. I, I messaged Lauren about getting one and I'm really excited to get it. I know Chris who teaches for me, he uses his all the time. He loves it. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, Katie, it's kind of like hot yoga in a way, you know, that high that you get from hot yoga. I mean, you have used infrared panels since forever. You were probably one of the first people that I ever tried infrared yoga from and got inspired from. Mm. And that wasn't even existing in America at all. So that really inspired us to, you know, invest into infrared in general and bring it to the masses because it is so powerful. It's a superior way to heat and you get all these amazing benefits from it and it makes you feel great. So it yeah, is a good totally substitute. different than cranking up your furnace. It's not the same thing at all. Not the same thing at all. Yeah. It's not the same thing at all. And I think that anyone that's tried your yoga experience can um, really tell you crave it in the wintertime. You're like, I yes. need it. My bones need it. I feel like I was going to get sick. And then after I did that yoga, I don't feel sick anymore. It's, it's a miracle. Especially um, living where we live, right? Like with the six yeah. months of cold yeah. winter. and lack of light really. Cause infrared is a light therapy too. Right. So you get all of these amazing benefits that you'd get from the sun, even though the sun's not there. I can't wait for the studio to open up again, Katie. Uh me too. I know I come here every day and it's, it's, it's just like a ghost town, but you know, all the students are in the wings waiting to come back and yeah. Exactly. I have to say we're about to go out and raise money. And I know a lot of uh, studios and location fitness based companies that have just raised a lot of money because people say that more people are going to be going to, you know, uh, like yoga studios and doing their Pilates workouts on reformers and, and cause they just want to get out of the house and they're tired of being trapped inside. And it's the yeah. number one thing I miss is just like grabbing a coffee and going to a hot yoga class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ugh, that day's coming. It's around the corner. I well, miss doing I, that I with you say, so much. Gosh, I, I miss say, that. I, well, I, I feel bad for you guys because I'm watching you guys are in like the shadow of America and we're about a year and a half ahead of you guys. So we already are noticing it. Um, it's totally different here than it is for you guys. And I do feel really bad that you guys are in what your third or fourth lockdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, third. We, we've blocked it out too. We stopped counting. Like mm -hmm. you going to visit the doctor. <laughs> we don't know how many times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You have to, right? It's just kind of crazy. And I really feel like number one thing that we really need to focus on is our mental health after this. We're doing that and we're trying to help others to do that. And also trying to make the best of a shitty situation, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I love what you guys are doing with all your breath work and yoga and positive affirmations and giving people the courses because more people are going to need it than ever. And I, I definitely like, feel like you guys are also just about to explode. Oh, thanks. We feel it. We feel the energy. We feel the fire. Definitely. And we've already overcome so many obstacles and it, we just, we don't let anything derail us. We just, keep troubleshooting and keep creative problem solving and laughing, you know, laughter. So fun. Important. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. That's the number one thing. And I can see you guys are so passionate about what you're doing and you're having a, a blast. And that's the number one thing that fuels the passion, right? Is just that like desire to do it and know what you're doing is just so right. And it doesn't matter what even the outcome is sometimes, cause you're just having so much fun doing it. Well, it's contagious. That energy is contagious to others, I find, right?
So that was great. We really appreciate the time that you took out of your busy life because you are a woman that is doing it all. Like honestly, the, the mom with the twins and the business and you're just doing so much and you're just such a great visionary. So we really do appreciate the time and the energy you gave to us today. So we just have one last question we want to end with and we do this with all of our guests. Oh no. We usually do scars or tattoos, but we were saying that the whole breast reduction thing kind of covered that and and some. But maybe do you want to talk about your tattoo on your back? Because or no? Yeah, I mean, so it was the question, like tell us a story about a scar. Scars or tattoos. It's like, what do you have? And is there stories behind them? So this is interesting. I just want to say one thing before you answer. When we first started talking about this, when we were talking about scars or tattoos, my intention about scars and tattoos was, do you like scars or tattoos better in a person, like in a guy, right? That's, yeah. that's what I was asking. But then the girls were like, no, 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 no. That's because there's that's stories silly. behind scar, a scar or a tattoo. Hear their stories about what their body's been through. Yeah, I don't that care about guys and what they have. Lauren likes on a guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's say I've tried both. I dated guys with a lot of scars and I dated guys with a lot of I tattoos. I mean, it's hot. What do you prefer, scars or tattoos on a guy? Okay, I'll answer both. And um, I definitely prefer <laughs> tattoos because um, I'm married to a man that is the best man I've ever met in my whole entire life. And he is full of all sorts of New Jersey trash tattoos and I love them. And, um, my personal tattoo, I also got at the darkest moment in my life. Um, and I shouldn't say the darkest cause like, maybe I just didn't come out of it for a long time where I've had many more challenges more in my thirties than I did at that time. But I went through this like really weird phase. My parents weren't really getting along. I thought my dad was leaving my mom and I had a really hard time with modeling. I wasn't making any money and I, went to Turkey and I had like, I like sort of, I've had really bad, I had a really bad experience in Turkey and I like decided to dye my hair black. And I just like went in this dark hole, like literally. And I moved to London and I discovered Bikram yoga. And that was the first time I ever started doing yoga, bringing it back to the heat and yoga, Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started being obsessed. I did it twice a day for like months on end. And I like, felt so spiritual and I felt connected to myself and I like had this clear vision of exactly what I wanted. I wanted scales for balance because I'm such a person that is out of balance. And I wanted my family tree in the middle because that is the core. That's my center. And then I wanted something that represented duality on either side of the scales, which there's one that has a seahorse and the other one that has a bird for the ocean and the sky. And it ended up being this like long winded story. And I couldn't find any tattoo artist to actually do it for me um, because they would drop something and it was just like ridiculous. And then funny enough, I had this uh, friend that was supposed to get a tattoo and she waited for six months with this one artist and she couldn't end up doing it. And she asked me if I wanted the spot. And I went in the day before I explained all of this. And then the very next day I went in to get the tattoo and she had it all drawn up and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And I still, to this day, get people to ask, like people ask me if it's like something I just got and it looks so fresh. It looks so good. It's so detailed. I'm going to show you guys quickly. What I think is hilarious while you do that is it's a pretty big tattoo. And for somebody who doesn't have a single tattoo and then goes straight to that, yeah, actually, you know what I mean? Like to, to go from none to that is crazy. So you have to, Lauren, you have to talk because we can't see it. You got to, you got to show the tattoo, but then talk. So you come on the screen. Oh, I got it. I got it. Well, maybe I, um, here, I'll just talk, yeah. while, talk while you're doing it. I'll tell you one more thing. I was still modeling at the time and this was such a big aggressive tattoo for modeling that I ended up getting all these jobs canceled because at that time models didn't have tattoos. Really? So I pretty much sabotaged my whole modeling career for at least three <laughs> years. Every single time I turned around, the client would become quiet and they'd be like, uh. <laughs> By the way, I can see your boobs now that you have the, the screen lower and they look amazing. Oh, they do. Woo! So good. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that I ever thought I needed to um, change them. 
So bralettes and blouses. I know I'm all about that. Like bra free lifestyle. I'm, I already bought like three blouses that I like will show like cleavage. And I was just so limited with the clothes I could buy before because they were so big and you always needed to wear a bra and, and like, I kind of skipped through the past that when my hormones did actually even out, I did get my natural breast tissue back. And then they were like massive, right? like massive, <laughs> not good. <laughs> and then breastfeeding on top of that too. Right. Like like you don't want the D-list porn star look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you ever look like that, but I'm just teasing her. So, I did and my kids. So the last question. Um thanks for keeping us on track, Ash. Yeah, the last question is favorite band or concert or music moment. That's a hard one. We know, that, but it's a hard one for me because I'm like the worst with music. Um, but I, I have the answer to that, which was Erica Badu mm, and yeah. an opera house in Toronto with my first boyfriend right. and my first concert I ever went to. And I saw Erica Badu just being the queen that she is but like a freaking goddess. And it was just when she shaved all of her dreadlocks off and she was like in the middle of a song and she like took off her head wrap and she was bald. Talk about like powerful woman. Whoa. She was so inspiring. It actually gives me chills. And to this day, I will still listen to Erica Badu. And I know every single word to every Wait, single. You need to sing. Just break out for Anthony into a tiny Erica Badu song Maybe right now. Come to on. My kids all the time. Bag lady. Oh, yeah. I used to sing. My eyes are green. Cause I eat a lot of vegetables. It don't have nothing to do with your new friend. Oh, good. Good. so good. She's I would have sing her as well. I know. Yeah. I think that's the end. We can't, we can't top that. And, and even just those words, cause I eat right. a lot of vegetables, right? <laughs> I wish you were closer so we could Ugh. hug and hang. It sucks. I have to say, I've never felt so good in such a long time. And I feel bad for all the times that I was this miserable, grumpy, hungover person that was kind of like a party pooper. And I honestly do feel like this next phase of my life has just already, I can just like sense it and feel it. I just feel so much more lighter. Mm -hmm. and open and healthier and aligned with my mission nice that's, that's so awesome. inspiring Lauren amazing so good like uh, people will want to listen to this over and over again because there were so many gems to extract from it I feel I think so too anyways okay Love all right, you all right thanks. thanks for doing that we really appreciate it yeah, it was yeah, amazing fun. it was really fun great okay bye I love you Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.